Chair Shop Podcast is back on this beautiful Sunday evening. Uh, beautiful is probably a bit of a stretch, but it's nice. It's, it's, it's a little chilly, but it's, it's, it's clear. It's fresh. It's the first CSP of February. Uh, and I'm here, one of your hosts, Barry Murphy, to ring in the spring season. With me, as always, my ever-dependable co-host. First of all, Mr. Joe Towner. Hi there, Barry. And also... Hello, Barry. Hello, Joe. Hello. Hello. Busy, busy show coming up this week, lads. We got a bunch of stuff to talk. We got the goddamn Royal Rumble. That's right, everyone. That was only a week ago. If you thought mm-hmm. you've read every conceivable take and opinion and and talking piece about. Ronda Rousey, you well, strap back in, baby, because we got some more coming your way. Um, we have our various guffs uh, and all that jazz, and then I, I presume we'll do a separate little thing where Paul's going to talk about OTT from last night. Um, so all that to look forward to in the in the coming two hours and a bit. First of all, though, lads, um, bit of life guff going to catch up on what we've been doing. I had my work party this week, my annual work party that they typically have in the, in the first part of the year. It's pretty good. Uh, it was a festival-themed party, uh, which some people, including me, didn't get the memo on. Um, when I got the memo, I just chose to ignore it. Uh, so I just, wore, <laughs> I just wore regular old Barry going out clothes. But well, what is uh, festival theme mean exactly so so basically it was kind of like uh, i mean it was in a hotel function room so it's not like they it's not like we had it in a field but mm. it was there was kind of an electric picnicy vibe um to it um there were like you know okay. uh, glow sticks were handed out they encouraged people to dress up but barely anyone did everyone some people went very formal a lot of people were like me and just kind of wore like regular going out clothes these things are typically black tie but the fact that they stressed this time that you didn't have to do that, a lot of us just said, okay, great, so we're not dressing up. Um, uh, yeah, they were very liberal with the theme because they, uh, I mean, I've never been to, to uh, Electric Picnic or anything like that, but the food they had in, at this party was much better than I would imagine it was um, uh, at a festival because they had, they had um, bur- uh, f- fellas handed out burgers and chips, obviously. Uh, that that fits in with the theme, but they also had like a very fancy. I posted a picture on Twitter, a, a gigantic kind of uh, frying, a sort of wok thing that they were cooking, uh, like fish cakes and, and and noodles in. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't know that they have a that. wok thing. Well, I don't know what it is. Was it a wok? Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, a person of um, a, a different continent to I was cooking uh, 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 some delicacies in an extremely yeah. large circular it's thing. A big metal thing. It looked like an up-down spaceship. I don't know what it was. Mm. Uh, <laughs> but when a push came to shove, it was a fucking a bunch of co-workers in a hotel function room drinking. Um, and so it was a good time. It was a good time. It's, uh, what's this party in aid of? Because it's a weird time to have it just after Christmas. 
Is it just, end of the financial year? Or? It's just it's literally just the company's kind of one annual thing. Uh, the, oh. the, the official reason they have it every year is it is to honor people who've worked for the company 5, 10, or 15, or 20 years. Uh, they mm. do give out awards to those people, and like nice awards too. They get like watches and stuff. Um, uh, so that is that is the official reason, but it's, everyone just kind of knows it as the official company party that happens in late January, early February. But it was fun. It was a good time. Uh, the venue was nice. The food was really great. The The theme was obviously, uh, was, you know, they also had like, um, they had uh, staff there handing out like popcorn from old timey popcorn machines. I'm like, you've got very vague with this theme. Like, I don't really, this is a, a hodgepodge of a couple of different things, but it was still fun. And I was very hungover yesterday, but it was a, it was a good time. And uh, yeah, so that's uh, that's really all I got up to uh, this week. What about you, lads? You lads been up to much? I know, obviously, Paul had. Um... Oh, by the way, there was also a pole dancer at the party. That was good. Woo! Uh, what? Sexist? Yeah. Is it a woman yeah, or a man? Both. I didn't ask. I didn't ask. We weren't chatting. I'll be honest. Barry was um, didn't want to misgender. The pole dancer. So he only, he only referred to them as they. It yeah. was it, it was an extremely attractive lady. Did she get um, Did she get her backs oh. out? Did she? No, it was more a kind of a. Oh, what's the point then? I'm being I'm being all kind of athletic, <laughs> bendy on this pole. <laughs> so I wasn't you a stripper, know, is what you're saying? No, it was not. It was not a full-on stripper at this point. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It was just. She was very good. She was very good, you know, but um, and then of course the- <laughs> Barry. Barry only. Went- she was very good, but Barry only went four and three quarter stars on it. <laughs> uh, uh, and then she, uh, uh, as you do, got a couple of lads out of the audience for them to quote compete, see how good they could be on the pole, and the winner got a bottle of wine or something like that. Um, I did not take part. You know, I, I believe in those. Don't try this at home uh, vignettes. Uh, although I mean I'm, I'm working on a cracking pair of tits the last few months. That <laughs> <laughs> uh, would pay off to my dire eating habits was getting loads of tips. Um, <laughs> That's why she didn't pick you. Yeah, she was like, I don't want to be shown up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, it was. It was. It was. The entertainment was very, very good, and. Um, uh, yeah, so that was my week. What about you, lads? I know Paul obviously had OTT um, yesterday. Any any other any other news, uh, uh, Paul, on your end? No, it's quite a week. I was out in Hoth today, uh, at a nice having a nice lunch. Hoth. <laughs> very cold. Where <laughs> people people kept shooting. Um, a Hoth with a W oh, in the middle of it, not Hoth, is a planet in Star Wars. Um, so we just went out there, had a nice lunch, had a nice little uh, ribeye steak, which is very nice. Um, and because it was a day out, uh, I did have a little bit of chocolate cake as well, because that's allowed when you go out for Ooh, a, a nice day. Just a yeah, little, just a little slice. And that, it, 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 a, mo- a month ago, I'd have had a full cake. Uh, <laughs> just a little, little slice, because there's a little market there in Hoth, and every time we go, I get a little two euro bit of cake. It was very nice. Uh, but apart from that, no, very quiet. Just lots of movies, because obviously I've been doing the Oscar gimmick. Uh, movies, work, Assassin's Creed. That's basically my week. 
Nothing, nothing much else to report in life, Guff. Natty's doing better now. Her teeth are kind of not giving her as much hassle. So resuming the normalcy of life for the most part. Uh, I haven't started my new job yet. That's coming up. I think I said I said that last week, didn't I? That I, I got the promotion. Yeah, you mentioned yeah, you yeah. mentioned that. It's because it's been so long since I accepted it. I don't know if I <laughs> did. I actually say or not. Yeah, I haven't started that yet. That's probably going to be another week and a half away before I start that. But uh, otherwise, nothing too uh, nothing too mental going on here. It's just quiet. Looking forward to CSP of a week. Ooh! Oh, really? So it really is a bad week. I was Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking slow week, isn't it? Hey? <laughs> <laughs> Um, I yeah. So been a bit of a busy week, mainly with work. But mm. I also started a few weeks ago doing uh, boxing training classes. Oh. Um, yeah. So when I say boxing classes, I'm not like doing six rounds with some fella. You're not sparring. sparring just it's just no. It's it's a fitness class, so you kind of do a bit of you know punching the bags, punching some pads, and then mainly. Uh, you know, sit-ups and press-ups and all that. Bit of steroids, um, probably. Yeah, some steroids. Yeah. Um, it's a lot. Of, it's a lot of fun. Um, it's a good workouts now along. It's uh, it's quite tough. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, they do do this white-collar boxing thing. All these all these boxing gyms now, where yeah. they get some, you know, Ricky Gervais-esque fellow who fancies himself as a bit of a boxer if he'd had the right training, and then get him in a ring and, and fight. So, you know, it's one option. You never know. Or maybe I'll um, parlay my boxing skills into MMA and, and become an amateur. I don't know. Fight CM Love. Punk? <laughs> I would fight CM Punk. I fancy yeah. myself. I mean, he, 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 he was hitting that he'll be on that UFC um, show in Chicago. So that gives you about six months to, to, to gear up and get, you know, get ready. Yeah. That's probably enough. That's nearly as much training as he's got. <laughs> um, yeah, so it was good. That was on Wednesday, and then other than that, yeah, not not a lot. It's been very rainy and miserable here this weekend. So it's been uh, staying in. Yeah. See, when I saw that boxing was on the run sheet, I thought that you may you might have gone to see some boxing, as opposed to been doing the boxing yourself. Well, I guess in a way, I did see other people <laughs> punching things, <laughs> bags, the wall. Well, well I. Yeah, whilst I was always also punching the things. So, yeah. Is it a good way of getting kind of aggression out? Or are you, are you not a very aggressive person? Um, I don't I wouldn't say I, I use it, the punching to get aggression out. Mm. You can you can go kind of really hard on the bag and and give it a good just, old whack. So that is quite, it's quite enjoyable, I guess. Um, just picture it's Barry, basically, no? Yeah. <laughs> Barry's big... Boss man face uh, <laughs> on the bag. Oh, I saw that. You had to go Barry in the week. <laughs> yeah, I, when I, I, meant, I meant to reply. I forgot, but I was like, is there any comparison anyone would like to make that isn't someone fat? <laughs> yes, that's, you, you, I saw Barry. <laughs> you posted as well, the John Goodman one. Well, so the, the reason I posted that is because... It, um, so for the for anyone who hasn't seen this, there, um, at the at the work party there was um, loads of props, obviously like glow sticks and other festival related things, and like uh, just kind of silly dress up things. A bandana. I posted a picture of me with a green bandana on, looking very much like a less racist Hulk Hogan. Um, <laughs> uh, but um, 
one of the one of the props there were these kind of like lightly tinted glass. They weren't full on shades, but they were kind of tinted. And I put them on, and immediately everyone said I looked like John Goodman in The Big Lebowski. Um, uh, and they thought it was hilarious. So I po- I posted that comparison, and and Joe came right back, right back at me with the. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, big boss man in his heyday. I've never seen a fatter picture of big boss man. <laughs> that was Twin Towers era with uh, Keen. <laughs> did some um, down after that. So, uh, so yeah, so that's that was that. So that's that. Look, I'm still building myself up. Maybe I should go on Paul's diet. I don't know. He seems to be enjoying it. Yeah, and uh, I weighed uh, yesterday morning one ninety six point four pounds. So that one ninety six point four Paul's weight <laughs> down from two oh five. So sponsored by oh. Bunsen. I did go to Bunsen yesterday as well. So that's good. That's good. You said you would. The customary OTT Bunsen and a bit of cake today. So I'll probably be two oh five tomorrow morning again. Um mm. then we whittle our whittle our way down again. Are you the sixteenth man in the, the tournament? <laughs> <laughs> No, I only work the big shows. <laughs> big boy shows. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. So that's life golf for the week. Uh, let me see here. We can jump into a little bit of telly golf. I haven't been watching much uh, much telly. I haven't watched anything new. Uh, still watching The Good Place about halfway through season two. I think I just talked about that last week. So, yeah. Nothing mm. new on my front. What about you, lads? Uh, well, I finished off The Good Place uh, over the weekend. Um, I originally started watching it when it first came out, I think, and got a f- got into a few episodes, but then didn't really enjoy it that much, so I kind of left it. Uh, but then when Michelle was here, she wanted to watch it, so I watched a couple of episodes, got back into it, and watched the whole two seasons in the past week. Um, so it's a fun show. It's fun. It's fun. I don't think I'd re-watch it, but you know, it's it's enjoyable. I like the characters. It makes me laugh occasionally, and that's that's enough, really. So yeah, good show. I'd recommend it if you. I I although like I've heard you guys talking about the good place over the last couple of weeks, I've never bothered to actually look up what it was. So it's so the good place refers to basically heaven. Mm. So it's these four characters that have died and gone to heaven, and and can see at the first season was one of the characters wasn't supposed to be there. She was supposed to go to uh, the bad place. Um, she ended up accidentally <laughs> Greece? in heaven. Oh. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So she, and so yeah, the first season was a lot of it was about her kind of not being found out. Um, and Ted Danson is in it and he plays the kind of uh, manager of the good place. He's like the general manager of the good place, basically. <laughs> He's the authority figure. <laughs> He's a rock star spot of um, The Good Place. When you said Ted Danson, for whatever reason, in my head, I, I miss... Not that I misheard it, but I thought of Danson as D-A-N-C-I-N apostrophe. Yeah. I was like, what's he dancing about? And I was like, oh no, there's, a man, who's, there's a man whose name is Ted Danson. Yeah. I get easily confused these days. I don't know. Yeah, that's funny, isn't it? Old age, carbs. probably. Yeah. Lack of carbs. Um, <laughs> Yeah. I haven't had bread in three um, weeks. The brain starts going. Oh, God. Jesus Christ. No bread. Do you ever miss bread, Joe? Um, Do you have bread? Do you have time? 
I don't. I've actually since I moved to this flat in November, I've not bought a single loaf of bread. Yeah, I've not had bread flat. in three weeks. Weird. Um, I have Jeez. it occasionally, but not bread not very often. Yeah. Bread, like bread. bread is nice. I do like bread. Yeah. Let's see. I mean, that's how, that's where we are today with this podcast. It's such a quiet week. We're discussing the virtues of bread. Ooh, bread. Have you heard about bread? Mm. <laughs> it's the best thing since <laughs> sliced something else. Rock. Um, I've also I've also been watching um some of these uh, Ken Burns documentaries. I don't know if you guys are familiar with him. He's quite well-known documentarian he did a very long series on the civil war back in the early 90s which is quite a it was on pbs i think it's quite a well-known series yeah uh, and he also recently did one on vietnam which uh has been on bbc iplayer so i've been watching that recently it's quite although it's about like quite grisly subjects i find it quite relaxing i don't know if it's the voiceover or the, or the editing but they're quite enjoyable to watch uh, so today I started the Civil War one, which is on Netflix. Um, the episodes are 90 minutes long, so it's a bit bit more to get through, but it is quite engrossing. Um, he's a very good storyteller. It's very, very comprehensive. I think it's this one's 12 hours long, so I've got quite a, quite a way to go. Yeah, they're, they're very, very good, so I've been enjoying that as well. Good stuff. Yeah, I don't watch TV. Uh, um, so, don't you have any little cartoons you're watching at the moment, Trenton? Little Marty and Mickey. That's very disrespectful. <laughs> uh, it's, it's Dragon Ball. Did you get into Dragon Ball yet? I don't like Dragon Ball. Well, I seemed last week like perhaps Natty might be able to, uh, to convince you. No, 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 no. No, we won't be doing Dragon Ball. Dragon Ball is off the agenda forever. <laughs> oh, that'll be some good audio to play back in a few weeks. Sure. <laughs> when I'm watching it, you mean? Yeah. When you're like, oh, now I'm a level 10 fucking anime warrior. <laughs> Whatever the fuck they say on that show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm watching yeah. Goku on my Roku. Oh, dearie me. I don't have a, um, I don't have a Roku. Uh, not really a whole lot of game golf. You had quite a quiet week on the telly and the game golf um, this week. Uh, just 20 minutes before I came on air to play this game, uh, to play this game, to do this show, uh, I finished Celeste on Ooh. Nintendo Switch. Talked about last week. Uh, by the way, I've, one thing I, I let slip there last week that I should have called you up on, Paul. It's not an eight-bit looking game. First of all, it is. That's, that was that's no. It's more sixteen. I don't agree with that. I don't think. I don't think it is. I think it's more. I, right. No, and also because it has like little animated uh, uh, sequences and 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 uh, talking heads and, and whatnot. So it's cl- it's definitely closer to sixteen. No, that's one thing. I, I disagree. Second of all, I, I also think, especially having finished it now, I'm like that's that sir is a foolish reason to dismiss a game of this quality. That's fair a foolish enough. Reason. You're wrong on the eight bit well, whatever. Anyway, it's a really fantastic game. I don't. I don't disagree. Uh, I, I think it probably is. It's just not my kind of my not my kind of style. You're, it's like you're giving at someone because they don't like seafood. 
<laughs> Except it's not like that. At and you're all, like, but, but these oysters are so fucking good, Paul, you idiot. I'm like, well, I don't like them. But it's like, it's such a broad spectrum of, um, of like, great games you could be missing out on. You know? I know, that's exactly the same as being a picky eater. It's exactly the same thing. <laughs> what? Who cares? I... <laughs> okay, never mind. <laughs> I'm not trying to justify. I'm trying to say that I understand that it's lo- it's not logical. It's not rational. But that's it's like a. Uh, right, never mind. Never mind. It's anyway, just, it's just not for me. That's all it is. It's not for, for a for a for a two D platformer, it also had a surprisingly um, well done story, which I was not expecting. It's not typically something you get from a game like this. Um, so I really appreciate that. So yeah, that's done. Uh, about, you know, five hours worth of the game, but it's um, got lots of replayability, so that's good. Uh, other than that, uh, put a few more hours into Yakuza Kiwami. Still not really loving it to the level I was with Zero. I, I, I've, I've put about uh, three hours into it, um, and it's I'm on like chapter five, and Yakuza Zero had like fifteen chapters. And so I'm on chapter five of Kiwami, and I still haven't like hit the open world yet. Like it's, it, it's really obvious that it's a remake of a game from like 2005 because it's extremely linear so far. Uh, so I'm I'm waiting for it to open up so I can get into that some of that good goofy open world stuff. Uh, but it's, you know it's solid. I'm, I'm I'm enjoying it, but not 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 loving it. Uh, and that's it. That's it really for game golf. Nothing else uh, new at the moment. No, I'm still on uh, Assassin's Creed. I'm uh, just past 30 hours in it. Uh, so I'll probably be playing that for again the next three weeks. So don't anticipate any other games being played by me. Um, my last play, play session of Assassin's Creed, by the way, was... I don't know what it was about this one session. Because all the other times, all the other 29 hours I've been playing have been great. But for whatever reason, just the puzzles I was doing were just super clunky. And I kept getting frustrated by the controls. There was one bit... like I don't know if you've come to to these places yet, but in some of the... The pyramids, you have these tombs that have, like, puzzles with, like, uh, a pulley system that has, like, it's like a, a balance, basically. And you have to put, like, heavy things on one side so that the other side goes up. Um, like a, like an old-fashioned scales, basically. And uh, I just couldn't, like, I knew what to do is you put the weight on one of them and then you, there's a little platform, you jump onto the other one. And, you know, in Assassin's Creed, when you hold a stick towards a jump that he'll just naturally do it instead of having to press the jump button instead he would just keep falling down he wouldn't he wouldn't do the jump and then the camera because it was right beside the wall was the little platform you had to turn the camera right around so you could see the way you were running and because it was right beside the wall right right against the wall the camera would be like super super close in and it took me like five tries to finally do it and it was just because of the clunkiness of the setup it wasn't because of the clever puzzle or the you know poor controls it was just it was it wasn't well designed. So I had a few little moments like that today where I was just like, oh, this game. Yeah, I haven't I haven't had any of that yet with it, and I'm I'm still tipping away at it like like you are. Um, it's a big game. It is. I'm. I think I'm trying to still consider whether I'm going to go for the platinum or not. I mean, I'll see when I'm closer to the end, I guess. But uh, yeah. It's one of those ones where you might have put so much time into it by the time you finish it. That that it's like a... be within, it might be within reach, so maybe you'll just say, ah, fuck it, a couple more hours. Yeah. Um, you don't want to burn out on it, though. I heard that DLC is good, so I think if, you, if you're if you still 
uh, you know, hungry for more after that. Might be, might be maybe worth looking into that, but I don't know. The cops. Uh, uh, the, the police are here. We paid for our copies of Assassin's Creed Origins, <laughs> sir. And I saw my movies in the cinema this week, so. That's right. Everything, everything above board. Everything on the low. Yeah, I'm still playing that. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to not, I'm trying to not buy any other new stuff at the moment. Cause I ended 10, up 10 mil- After talking about last week, I ended up buying Persona this week because it was on sale. It was actually a big uh, discount. Thir- Thirty euro, so da- down forty euro from seventy thirty. So I said, "Well, I might as well buy it now to play it later because it will be more expensive then when I finally want to play it." So, so um, yeah, I, I I was actually tempted by that myself, but it's just just you know, I don't know. It's such a massive game, and I'm I'm like I haven't I don't even think I'm halfway through Assassin's Creed. Um, I've been making like. I've been getting through Evil Within 2 at a snail's pace. I started that game before Christmas. It's now February. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's not that long. Like, I looked it up. It's not that long. But uh, it's a little spooky. And so I don't play it that much in long bursts. Um, uh, uh, which is still excellent, though. I'm, I, I am on the home stretch on that one. That's another thing I forgot to mention. That's excellent. Um, so, yeah, still still catching up on that that big giant bundle of stuff I got in, in sales over Christmas um, 2018 releases it's kind of slow so far I feel uh, we're, we're, we're not we're not we're not weeaboos so we don't play the Dragon Ball or the Monster Hunter um, which I don't know about you Paul but that's made my my YouTube and podcast consumption a little more tiresome the last few weeks because everything I need to do is talking about Dragon Ball and Monster Hunter I'm like I don't care about either of these things um monster hunter yeah dragon ball not so much i mean i listen to just you know ign for my video game stuff mostly beyond nvc and game scoop they're not so heavy on dragon ball uh, quite a lot of monster hunter but uh if i'm not interested in this until i'll just skip through it mm. uh yeah so um that's the video game guff no red dead until october how about that um, well, did I've, you play the original? Bit? Well, you mean Red Dead Revolver is the original? And I assume you're oh, talking about. I assume you're that. talking about Red Dead Redemption, Barry. Don't be that <laughs> um, I no, I didn't play it. Oh my goodness! I'm, I I planned to play it last year because I I don't know if, if people remember. I put a tweet out like December 2016 of here's my PS3 games. I'm finally going to go back and play, and Red Dead Redemption was one of them because I do have it. Ah, uh, it's my brother's game. And then I just played PS4 games all year and was like, you can't be fucked with PS3, baby. So I think I might just dive into Red Dead Redemption 2 as my first one. Yeah, it seems right. like, yeah. yeah. Right. I mean, that, that uh, I'm sure, I think the stories are connected, but I think this next one's a prequel, so it doesn't really matter. You don't need, you know, uh, you need to play that one. It's excellent. I'm sure it still holds up because I only played it not that long ago, but uh, yeah, fuck it. Anyway, that's game buff. Uh, Fuck it is always a good movies. attitude to have. Fuck it. What? I said, that's always a good attitude to have. Fuck it. Yeah, uh, I didn't see any movies this week, so why don't you lads take it away on the old movie guff? Ooh. Uh, well, I saw a couple of movies. Uh, knocked off three of my Oscar movies this week, so I'm doing well. Right on track. Finished off Darkest Hour. Uh, which I talked about a little bit last week. And uh, just to confirm, Gary Oldman's very good in it. I like how it's shot. It's a very good-looking movie. 
I think it is a little bit too fluffy, though, in the same way that uh, the Stephen Hawking uh, biopic from a few years ago was. I think it might even be directed by the same person or written by the same person. Um, so it is. It is a little bit too, a uh, little too happy, little too, <laughs> little too celebratory of Churchill in a kind of sympathetic way. It doesn't really... You kind of knew it would be, though. Yeah, yeah. but it, it, yeah. like Theory of Everything, it doesn't go into the uh, any of the negative aspects of Churchill, or it doesn't... There wasn't, there wasn't like, 40 minutes about him, like, starving Africans to death on purpose. <laughs> that wasn't... Gary Oldman going, kill them, and then saying a slur. That, that, that wasn't in there? <laughs> no, that, that, that might be a deleted scene. I know. If, uh, get the Blu-ray, report back. <laughs> No, it's just a little bit too lightweight, I think, in that sense. Because um, it doesn't really feel at any point that... Uh, sorry, I had to voice outside. I was trying to figure out what was going on. It doesn't feel like um, there's really any... Like... Any conflict or any... Like, Churchill doesn't have like an, a real adversary in the film. It's just, it's just literally, lads, here's what kind of happened back then. Uh, and apparently there's a scene in it which is completely fictional, which is kind of the uh, the fulcrum of where the movie turns in Churchill's favor, which, again, if that's completely fictional, it doesn't really make sense why they did it, because this, uh, this fictional part of the movie is completely overblown and silly. Um, so, yeah, I, I kind of I enjoyed a lot of aspects of it, especially Oldman's performance. The, the women in it have nothing to at all. There's... Uh, Kristen Scott Thomas plays Churchill's wife, who has no character, aside from being like the the quote unquote strong woman. You know, behind every every great man oh. is a great woman. Yeah. Yeah. And then Lily James plays his secretary, and she's just kind of the the audience. Basically, the story is kind of like I said last week, kind of told from her point of view. Uh, but she's got no character at all. She doesn't do anything in the whole movie. She's just there to be a kind of... That's a shame. I to be, like To be a, star, a startled deer in the headlights, basically. Um, yeah, it was all right, though. I give it, you know, about six out of ten. Three stars. Um, and aside from Oldman's performance, I don't think there's any reason to go see it. Or to go out of your way to see it, at least. Uh, and then I saw in the cinema three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. Um, which I didn't know much about going in. To be fair, do you guys know anything about this movie? No, other than other than people like it. I mean, I actually don't know what it's about. Well, Something about a cop. It's cops are in it. It's directed and written by Martin McDonough, who did uh, In Bruges, which is a film that a lot of people like. Uh, he also did Seven Psychopaths, which I haven't seen, but I have, uh, or I own. That is to say. Um, so knowing that this is made by the guy who did in Bruges, I expected another kind of, you know, very stickly written, stylish, dark comedy, kind of, kind of in, in a, in the way Shane Black does that kind of way. Um, but what it actually is, is half drama, half really broad comedy, um, and doesn't really work that well as either. Um, I, I, I spent the week trying to think which movie I had this criticism of. I can't, I still can't think of it, but 
There was another movie that I saw probably in the last six months. Can't quite put my finger on which one, which it was. Spotlight. Uh, it was not Spotlight because that movie was brilliant. Um, well, no, it's good, but I think I thought there were points where it went weirdly comedic. Spotlight. Um, yeah, ninety fucking priests. Remember that? <laughs> no, it wasn't Spotlight. But what 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 this movie does a lot is undermines its serious moments with like immediate comedy. Um, so there's a scene in this movie, probably the most kind of sudden, shocking, and um, sad uh, scene in the movie is where one of the characters just suddenly commits suicide. Um, but it doesn't let it kind of sit and breathe. It, it immediately cuts to Sam Rockwell dancing to ABBA. Um, and I was like, well, I was grieving in the scene previous. Now I'm all, oh, lol. ABBA, that's funny. Um, and there's a lot of that in it where like the themes of the movie are very, very dark. You have suicide, rape, murder, uh, abuse by police officers, racism, etc., etc. But they, it constantly undermines itself with this like broad comedy. It's not even like dark comedy. It's not like a sarcastic or like dry comedy. It's very, very broad. It's very based on swearing or as i say references dancing to abba or uh, serial getting landing in people's heads and stuff you know um so i i feel like this is the kind of movie that would have been way better if they had just done it dead serious or had or had done it with a darker kind of comedy which it doesn't really have so that was kind of to its detriment um performance is very good and the francis mcdormand is good in it and Woody Harrelson is good in it. I didn't. I really didn't like Sam Rockwell's performance at all. Um, but the other two were good. Uh, again, about a six, six out of ten, or somewhere in that range. Mm. And then finally, uh, we saw Coco in the cinema, which I know Joe has seen. Barry, have you got around to seeing Coco yet? Still haven't seen it. No. Uh, so Coco is up there with the best Pixar movies for me. It's of that. It's that good. Yeah, I don't remember what Joe, what your kind of take on Coco was. Where where you kind of fell. Um, the the best of the non golden age era. I would certainly agree with that. Um, I remember think going in, having read that a lot of people were kind of were tearing up at it and uh, having little having little cry. I remember Joe, you said last week that you had little watery eyes. Oh. Big, uh, big cry. Big cry. Um, well, I went in it determined. Hurts. I went in determined that this wasn't going to happen to me. Right. Uh, Twenty minutes in, I tap Natty on the shoulder, and I point, and there's a big stream coming out of my eye. <laughs> I'm like, son of a bitch, the movie got me. And then our paws malfunctioning. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I don't know how you wouldn't cry. At Coco, even more so to uh, when compared to stuff like Up, which I think people use Up as kind of the quintessential sad Pixar movie. I think Coco is five times more um, manipulative. And I say manipulative in a kind of positive way as opposed to a negative way. And that I think Pixar are very, very good at kind of pulling the heartstrings in that way. And uh, yeah, I think if, you, if you've ever experienced. Um, love or loss or 
if you're not a kind of weird um, robot, I think you'll probably have a cry at Coco. Um, and even outside of it being having these like uh, incredibly, incredibly sad moments, I think everything that they do in it just works super well. Whereas a lot of the other um, modern Pixar movies, I feel like they always have kind of 10% less of that Pixar magic, you know, that, you, that the older mm. ones used to have, like Toy Story. I still think Toy Story for me is the best one they've ever made. Yeah. Um, but, even, you know, certainly Finding Nemo and The Incredibles uh, and Wally all have like perfect, perfect characters and, and stories and moments. And then you get to the modern ones, even, even the better ones, you know, you have your Brave and you have Ratatouille. Um, and then the worst ones, obviously Cars, the good dinosaur I didn't like at all. Um, they just don't have it. Either they, they kind of skew towards, more towards kids, I guess, and not mm. so much for adults. Um, one thing I liked about Coco as well is that they didn't go for the kind of photorealistic animation style. Instead, it was very much... Um, playing into that Mexican Day of the Dead, like visual style. Mm. And yeah, it looks it looks cool. Yeah, I think Mexican um, culture is without without getting into cultural appropriation. I think that's a a really interesting culture to kind of make a movie out of. I think it just visually, it just everything is so colorful and so interesting. Um, whereas a lot of other a lot of other cultures, I, I, I'm not such a big fan of how, how they kind of are portrayed in movies. Whereas this one, I think, kind of added to the movie in a way. Because um, everything looked great. The, the, the city of the dead, or whatever you want to call it. Amazing looking visually. Um, great characters, great memorable characters, great memorable songs, sad moments. Um, the one thing I might say about it is that I thought it was a little bit, a little bit predictable. Um, really? Yeah, I kind of figured out where it was going. The, uh, yeah, the about forty-five minutes thing. in. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of clues to be fair. So if you're paying attention to the clues, you'll you'll know yeah. you'll know where it's going. Um, Turns out the skeleton did it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I cried at the beginning, I cried in the middle, and I cried at the end, so. So you wouldn't shut the fuck up during the whole film, it sounds like. (laughs) You be quiet, you cry every movie. (laughs) I did cry at it, so I'm not, I'm not afraid to say it. Also, I went, for Coco, I went on the full 10 ski out of 10 for that one. Um. And I actually put it in my Pixar list at number two, only behind Toy Story. Oh, my which might goodness. be which might be a, a controversial take, but uh, I would struggle to find the flaw in it. I thought it was, I thought it was pretty perfect. I liked how it looked. I liked the characters, the performances, the story, the songs. Yeah, I thought it was w- far better than I thought it was going to be. And it kind of ticked all the boxes for me. Um, Alrighty. I think a, I think a, 
a good way of telling of, of how good these movies will kind of stick with you is a week after you've seen them, like how many of the characters can you really recall? And I feel like with stuff like Brave, like if I think about Brave now, I remember the girl with the curly hair. And I know that at one point the mother turns into a bear. And that's really all I can remember about. <laughs> and she has a bow and arrow, I think, although that might be something else. Um, whereas with Coco, I feel like I'm gonna, a love is gonna stick with me going forward. I think it's a movie that kind of will kind of ingrain itself in you and really stick with you. Um, and it's one that I'll definitely pick up on Blu-ray because I, f- I think that'll be a fantastic looking Blu-ray. To be fair as well. So Coco is as of now, although we're only a month in, is my favorite movie of the year so far, and it's the only ten I've given so far. Of four movies. Oh, but ma- but mate, what about what about the Black Panther when that comes out? That'll be number one. Well, I I haven't even seen Thor yet, which came out last year. Oh well, you have to see them all. It, Black Panther won't make sense until I see Thor. Yeah. Watch the watch during the credits. I gotta watch the fucking Doctor Strange post credits before I see it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh god, it's that time of year again, where every where we get three of them, where critics have to throw every superlative they can at a Marvel movie. Oh my god! Very I cool. Like, I, mean, I know it's going to be good, but I guarantee you, it's not going to be this life-changing experience. Mm. No, but do do check out Coco if you get a chance, Barry. It's yeah, seriously very good. That's one thing you should take from this segment. I think as well. Every time I see a Pixar movie now, I I, I kind of get surprised by how much of a jump they they take visually every time. Um. Because I was I was watching Coco just marveling at how good it looked, you know, um, to how like the the hands playing the guitar are kind of animated, um, to the the movement of the characters, everything's just so fluid and so ah, amazing. It's it's really really excellent, and that's all I watched. I already have uh, for this week plans to see uh, the Shape of Water, which we're going to go see in the cinema. I want to see Phantom Thread in the cinema as well. Uh, wait, is that right? Phantom... It is Phantom Thread. I keep calling it Phantom Pain for some reason, which I know is Metal Gear. <laughs> it is not a movie. Um, I might see try to see a third movie in there somewhere. So I want to see three a week until the Oscars. That, that way I should think I should light up okay. What about yourself, Joe? What have you seen? Uh, nothing new. I just rewatched um, Heat, one of my favourite films. Um, De Niro, Pacino, Man, uh, Kilmer, <laughs> Woman, Portman, uh, Judd. Great <laughs> film. Um, great, great film. I enjoy it every every time I watch it. I enjoy it more. I've actually not watched I Heat. Appreciate it more. I've actually not seen Suck it. Suck my fucking ding ding. <laughs> But I'm looking at the cast here, and it's like, oh my god. You've got Pacino, De Niro, Kilmer, Voight, Judd, um, Portman, Trejo, Rollins, not Seth Rollins, Piven, <laughs> former Raw. Reigns, Ambrose. <laughs> it has, um, what's his name, Hayes, but Dennis Hayes, but. Oh, 24. 
Yeah. Yeah. He's good in it. Yeah, it's a great film. Uh, not just because you obviously you got the big names and they're all really good. Then you've got so many supporting roles where the characters really have proper arcs as well. Uh, and they all do fantastic jobs. So it's a really kind of you know, rich movie in terms of characters. And, you know, great, a great bit of action and drama as well. It's just a brilliant, I think, underrated movie. Because although obviously a lot of people think it's, say it's great, it doesn't always get put up there with the real sort of classics. I think it's bloody good. So there you go. What score did you give it? Big 10 out of 10? Oh, yeah. It was good. I didn't realize it was so long as well. It's 2 hours 50. It's an epic, mate. But it's worth it. I will I will need to check it out. Um One thing about uh 3 billboards by the way. How long is it actually? 3 billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri is uh, 115 minutes. It's not even two hours long. It feels like it's five hours long. It's a very, very long feeling movie. Whereas Coco just flew by. So I might, I might even yeah, try to well, catch. Maybe, maybe I won't go see <laughs> Ebbing then. Uh, I would probably give it a miss. That's maybe one to catch on Netflix in uh, in two and a half years' time. Um. So that's all of our guffs. Uh. That's our various guffs for the week. Um, I still no have no emails, no emails. So what I'm what I'm offering to do, in the interest of our our listeners, is there's no emails this week. But I think we can do instead a, a short twenty questions, rest or twenty questions. Bring it back for one week only. Um, because I gave my brother in the week. A wrestler, twenty questions, and he struggled with it. So I want to see how oh. you guys do with it. I'll give Ooh. you guys the same wrestler that I gave to him. God damn! And we'll see how you get on. All right. All right. So, for those who haven't heard this before, Barry and Joe will have twenty yes or no questions to uh, to guess who is this mystery wrestler, and uh, we'll see how they get on. So. Who would like to go first? I'll go first. Um, is this a currently active wrestler? Uh, yes. Okay. Okay, currently active. Is it a man? It is a man. Right. Sexist. Um, are they contracted to WWE? Yes. Um, are they currently on the Raw roster? Yes. Okay. Alrighty, let's see what who we got here. Men on Raw. Um, okay, that's broad. Um, <laughs> broad Strong. Uh, <laughs> is it Broad Strong? Man. Uh, Jason uh, Jordan. Uh, is this person? Is this person white? <laughs> They are white, yeah. Ooh. White wrestler. Um, Racist and sexist, okay. Are they over 40? Are they over 40? Um, That's a good question. Um, (laughs) It's quite a clear-cut one as well, really. It is. 
if you've got the fucking Wikipedia page open. <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. These days on, on, on WWE, I mean, if, it, if this guy was on NXT, I think that would be a really tough question to answer. Yeah, I think there's well, this. I think there's a lot of people around nowadays who are just kind of like, if 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 we were doing like AJ Styles, for example, I'd probably have to look that up. <laughs> you know, there's, yeah. there's quite a lot of people around, mm. on, kind of on the border. Um, this person, especially like especially like the the new gen, spoilers for our Royal Rumble review, but that bit where they had the current gen versus the old gen guys, the cunts are all the same age. <laughs> <laughs> it was the Spider Man pointing at Spider Man meme, wasn't it? Really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they they are over forty. Over forty, okay. Yeah. Okay. okay. Alrighty. Uh over forty. Now I can't I can't tell who is and isn't over forty, so that might be tough. Uh raw branded people over forty. Let's see. Kurt Angle. Yeah. Uh um Lesnar, he must be forty. I I would have guessed Lesnar is like late thirties, but I could be wrong. Mm. Uh Big Show, is he? Actually, I don't know if he's even on it anymore. I th- I think he's still considered active. I don't know. Um, uh, Mark Henry's status was in question recently. I can't remember what his deal is. Uh, what he's, no, he's, no, he's not white, first of all, so that's that. Um, yeah. Uh, okay, here's a question, just to, just to rule them out. Um, is this person... Mainly in a non-wrestling role. Uh, no. Okay, so it's a wrestler. <laughs> okay, that's good. But I, <laughs> no, I, no, it can, it can be it can be commentators or yeah, 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 yeah. authority Without figures. Um, are, are they American? Yes. Okay, so it's not. Uh, it's not Crispin Benoit. So, <laughs> so Seamus or Cesaro? Actually, I don't know if Cesaro's forty anyway. Seamus just turned. 40. This is the thing. Every everyone is like that age. <laughs> everyone is. Thir- everyone in WWE is thirty-seven. <laughs> no. Uh, let me see here. Seamus is is forty. Oh my god. Okay. I I couldn't believe that when I because obviously they mentioned it was his birthday, but oh man, I couldn't believe that he was forty. Uh, He's been around forever. I mean, that makes sense when you really think about it. He, he debuted nearly ten years ago. Yeah, he was around it, for it ages. was. Uh, yeah, two thousand eight, two thousand nine. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Uh, let me see here. So other, okay, I'm thinking, hey, Joe. How about this? Um, mm. I'm thinking maybe Goldust. Yeah, uh, I'm thinking, thinking maybe. Oh no, I was about to say our truth, but he's black. Uh, so okay, Goldust. We'll stick with that. Do uh, I know? He is SmackDown, is he? But no, he was on the well. He was on the 25th anniversary Raw. But I suppose he could have been. Smackdown. I suppose, yeah. Uh, anyway, we'll, we'll we can we can ask. Yeah. I will. Um, okay, has this person ever been a a holder of a main event championship in WWE? So. Of a main event, you're, you're it, w- world champion. WWE, WWE World, World Heavyweight, fucking whatever they call it, Universal, any of that. No. No. Okay. Uh. Okay. Okay. So no. I like the idea of having a main event championship for like <laughs> pre- primo or someone. <laughs> Dash and Dawson. 
You are now the general manager of main event. No, not a holder um, of a world a world championship uh, in WWE. So it could be Matt Hardy, could it? That's, that's a good one. Yeah. So Matt Hardy, Gold Dust, uh, possibly Rhino if we think he's on Raw. So Matt Hardy, Gold Dust, Rhino. Rhino is actually only twenty-two. Oh, Stone. Yeah. <coughs> um. Oh my God. Is anyone else over 40? I can't really think so. He might be 22. So. Be, that's, that's 308 pounds. Mm. It's yeah. got to be one of those three, I think. What was that? Which three? Gold Dust, Matt Hardy, or. Um, what else did I just say? Oh, Rhino. Yeah. We could ask if they were ever in the original ECW. <laughs> Which one, though? You mean the original ECW or the original the, the, WWE? The, the, the pre-2006, if you wanted to specify that. Um, actually, did they ever hold the ECW world title? Yes. Um, so Matt and Rhino both did. Um, okay. Rhino in ECW and Matt in WWE. Um, okay. So it's got to be one of them. Got to be one of them. Okay. Racist. Question. I'm trying to think of a question we could do to narrow. Okay. Because um, I actually, I one of the reservations I had about asking about ECW was I, could, I couldn't remember if like Dustin Runnels had a spot in the original ECW at one time or another. Seems like something that would have happened. But Matt Hardy definitely didn't, to my knowledge. Um, yeah. So we could ask that. So did this person ever have a match in the original pre-2006 ECW? Hmm. One second now. I really hope I'm not wrong in my assumption that Matt Hardy never um, did. That's, that's my... That's my no. Theory. No. Okay, no, he didn't. So that's what? Rhino out of the equation. So that's, that puts us with Matt. I'd, it's got to be Matt, I'm trying to think. Because um, Jeff did win. Yeah, he was World Heavyweight Champion, wasn't he? Yeah, of course. He was, um, yeah. He, yeah. Um, yeah, there's no one else, really. Uh, um, I'm trying to think here. Um, I was, so I'm trying to think who else. If we were to ask, have they been TNA World Heavyweight Champion, which Matt has, Um. Uh, is there anyone else on Raw who's over 40 who would hit that mark? I don't think so. Uh, other than Jeff, who is obviously disqualified because he's been a top champion in yeah. WWE. Um, has this person ever held the TNA World Heavyweight Championship? Yes. Okay. Do you want to make? It, do you want to guess, it, Joe? Is it broken Matt Hardy? It's Matt Hardy. Very good. Um, 13 questions to get it. Pretty very nice. Um, very good. Uh, Woken Matt Hardy. Pretty exact. No. no. Um, it's did, him. Uh, yeah. Did your brother really struggle with that? Yeah, I don't know. He 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 got stuck on. He asked a quite good question, which you guys didn't get around to. But uh, has this person been around since the Attitude Era? Was the question he asked. 
And oh for, yeah. For whatever reason, he just got stuck thinking on like Goldberg and na, 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 or Goldust. Excuse me, not Goldberg. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he, he he. I think he got it. Got it in the end, but it took him about eighteen, nineteen to get to it. So you guys done done. You you, you picked a good route of questioning to get there. Uh, I think I think the ECW thing is kind of what slid it all into place for you. Yeah. So good going. Uh, well, we're we're pros at this stage, you know. We've done it quite a lot. Exactly, um, and you have two people to kind of bounce ideas back that's and forth. Right. So uh, good going. So that was uh, that was good stuff. Good good stuff there from Paul. Uh, we'll move into the actual wrestling section of the show now. Uh, wrestling related news. Obviously, we have a Royal Rumble uh, to talk about. We talked about NXT. Uh, last week, um, it's obviously a great show. Mm-hmm. So we'll jump into the main rumble now. Um, just jump straight in here with the first match: uh, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens versus AJ Styles for the SmackDown Championship. Uh, did we all watch the whole pay per view, by the way, or did people just? Watch I watched it? the whole thing, bits and pieces. Yeah, the whole, whole gimmick. Okay, we all we all watched the whole pay per view. Okay, good, good. Okay. Uh, I thought this is a profoundly stupid match to put like such talented people in, but and I thought the first half of it was so yeah. boring. Uh, but at the end, AJ started doing loads of cool shit, and so it was good. <laughs> yeah, that's how a lot of these matches go. I think slow yeah, start the, the, and then the cool the, stuff. The this the the whole feud with AJ and Shane and Brian and. Not feeling any of it to be honest. Um, haven't watched SmackDown consistently in a while, but every time I I dip in, I'm just like, oh, god. Um, but I did I did like the finish here, which was was it Owens tried to tag in but but couldn't quite. Uh, yeah. But it looked like he did, and AJ pinned him. Um, I mean, the story uh, I, 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 the story was that Owens and Zayn are, you know, heels who think they're being screwed. And Shane McMahon, in this sense, kind of let it go because he's he's their adversary. But, again, this is a weird one in that if the ref is being, you know, impartial, and the idea is that, I mean, the idea is that Owens and Zayn don't really get screwed, but they think they're being screwed, you know? But here, like, the referee was looking right at the the tag that did, that never happened, right? Um, Zayn gets dumped out of the ring and then Owen gets rolled up uh, and the ref counts it anyway even though he knows from 10 seconds ago that Owen is not, Owens is not legal so why, why do you count the pin for? I mean it's kind of weird that Owens, Owens and Zayn as the heels have a, like a, le- a legitimate gripe here that they were essentially screwed so it's kind of a weird storyline in that your, your baby face who's doing the whole one versus two thing didn't get a legitimate win. He he essentially got the cheap win, and then the 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 face general manager or commissioner in Shane Man's case is just uh, all all gleeful about it. And it's a weird dynamic that I'm not sure where they're kind of trying to go with it. But it was a, a weird finish. Yeah, uh, yeah. It does kind of feel like. Um they are getting screwed and there's nothing wrong with your heels having a little like, like something of a of a kernel of truth to what 
they believe in, but they were just screwed here. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, the idea of heels I, is that they, they have to be justified in what they believe, but that they're essentially wrong, you know? Whereas here, they were kind of within their rights to go and complain about it. Um, yeah, yeah. Although I, I think... Uh, the, the the other thing though is you could say that they're still heels though because they're they're whining about the fact they couldn't beat this guy two on one. Beat this one person, yeah, uh, yeah. So and AJ AJ was great in this match. He really was. It was so uh, weird as well because they they just did on SmackDown like two weeks ago, three weeks ago, uh, in in the Usos Gable Benjamin match, the whole not legal person got pinned and the ref another referee ran out and they restarted the match immediately. So. It's weird that they kind of set a precedent for it, and within two weeks they're not already not following up on it. Yeah, very, yeah. Very, very strange. I mean, you you could kind of embellish and and say, well, maybe Shane McMahon uh, said, "Don't go out to the other ref," and said, "No, let that happen." Um, but but we didn't see that happen, so I don't know. It's just kind of weird, sloppy storytelling. Yeah. Uh, so that was that match AJ retained, uh, which obviously will be important going forward. Um, second match was the two out of three falls match between uh, Jordan and Gable and the Usos. I actually this is actually the one I didn't see. Um, I was like back and forth thinking about staying up and fucking going to sleep, and maybe I'll do this, maybe I'll do that. And I watched that opener, and then I was like, ah, I'm not feeling this show. I'll try and sleep, and so I. I almost synced it up perfectly to the point that I napped just kind of through this match and woke up in time for the men's rumble because uh, um, I realized like I wouldn't be able to like sleep fully through the night. So I missed this. So what did you lads make of it? I, I thought it looked great on paper, but I just missed it. It really, uh, it really wasn't that good. Um, they, 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 they did a two out of three falls match. So the idea would be. Um, what you would normally do, the classic booking for this would be the heels Aww. the heels would get the, the first fall. And then the cheating. baby the, then the ba- cheating, and then the baby faces get to come from behind victory, right? Um so the Usos got the first fall. And I went, Oh, that's weird. Okay. Um and then like a minute later, the Usos just got a second fall out of nowhere and the match was over. <laughs> <laughs> my reaction was like what it was just that classic like finish out of nowhere that there was no build to it the the, the match didn't mm. kind of end on a crescendo it just <laughs> and oh what did you make of it Joe yeah similar I mean I don't mind doing the the, the 2-0 finish you know two out of three falls if there's a kind of reason if 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 it sort of plays into a particular storyline, but I didn't really get that here. Um, it wasn't like one partner turning on the other or, or something else going on. It just kind of. I just kind of question what was the point twice. of doing the two out of three falls stipulation yeah. in the first place? Just had just it, it would have been better as a one fall match. Yeah, it was a decent match overall, but nothing nothing particularly special. No, because I was kind of I was kind of gearing for. Uh, a long, mm. like maybe twenty-five minute match, as these two or three, like these great two or three fall matches tend to be. Yeah, but it felt like they did. They did three quarters of a good match, which was the first fall. Like they did the first three mm. quarters of, of a great match, and then uh, a minute extra 
but like, it wasn't like that extra minute they got like all their big spots in the match they just did a, a finish out of nowhere and that was it mm. very strange um that being said i thought everybody was good and i thought chad gable looks very good um yeah. i mean the finish was clever the the reversal into the the roll-up uh sec- yeah. two, two straight roll-ups in two matches by the way um <laughs> but uh yeah i was just i was just, it's, it's, I, I i like the idea of occasionally doing the two straight falls just just to give the audience the impression that hey we're not always going to do the obvious thing yeah keep them uh, guessing i guess and and especially because gable and, and benjamin i've actually enjoyed them from what i've seen uh but i i don't think they're a team that they're really going to do anything with so you know Give the Usos the old definitive win over them, um, but yeah, it's a shame. Shame, but the match itself wasn't um, wasn't perhaps what you would have hoped for. I think the match they had on uh, SmackDown, where they did the, as we just referred to in the the first match, when they did the the, ta- the tag gimmick, the tag gimmick. I, th- I thought that match was way better. It's way stronger. Oh well. Uh, up next was the men's rumble. They. Uh, it, I think PW Insider confirmed before the show started that they were going to close with the women. Uh, and this, this confirmed it. I mean, there was no way they were closing with that shitty fucking Brock match. Um, so the men's rumble was middle of the show. Uh, Rusev and Finn Balor started, uh, which I thought was a solid starting two. Um, yeah. I like they start with two big stars. Yeah, two, two big stars, two, two good workers. Um, both had really great runs. Um, I thought this was the best men's rumble. Uh, oh God, I can't, I'm trying to remember the last one that I. Can I would say I would say in about in about ten years. Really, ten? Although I don't know that I would disagree. Actually, I'm trying to think. Last year, I don't fucking Orton won that. I, I would say I would say twenty two thousand and eight was the last great one. With Cena, oh, that's With twenty twenty ten was good. With Adrian. Oh. Hmm. 2010 is actually, I think, really underrated. Uh, I might need to watch that one again because I, I remember, I remember Michaels. kind of finding Edge's return a little bit underwhelming. Yeah, but you had Punk and you had Shawn Michaels trying to win it to face the Undertaker. Yeah, there's a lot of yeah, that, stuff going. That that was cool. That match was actually yeah, and the Michaels stuff was really great. Um, yeah, that was good. But then uh, I'm looking, yeah. I'm looking at the 2010 one here, and it, aside from Beth Phoenix who came out as as a woman entrant. Um, I don't think see, think there were much in the in the way of surprise entrance, and I'm I'm a big proponent of yeah. I, I, apart from Edge, yeah. also as well. Sorry, <laughs> Edge himself. I was kind of looking because obviously lots of people and websites and and all this stuff are doing you know your Royal Rumble retrospectives. WWE themselves are posting old clips and all this other stuff. And when you look down the the entrant lists of old Royal Rumbles. It's kind of just the last five years, it's become, like, mega surprise heavy. Like, obviously, 2001 had, like, Honky Tonk Man and Big Show coming back after he'd been gone Mm. for, like, a year. And um, uh, Haku coming back to the company. But, like, other than that, like, 02, they brought some dudes back, but they announced a hit. Yeah, 02 was weird in that they announced them in advance, the surprises. Yeah, that was... that was very odd. Uh, like, 03, 04, no real surprises. Like, uh, jumping forward, the 08 one had well, a bunch of... 04 had Mick Foley, who was a surprise entry. But Foley was in the company at the time, wasn't he? Yeah, but he had disappeared. He'd been off TV for a month. Yeah. When Randy Orton's back in his face. 
the '92 one that didn't have that didn't have a surprise, did it? No, because uh, all the stars in the world were already in it. They, they were all they were all stars already, so they didn't need surprises. Yeah, um, the Attitude Era ones. I mean, we mentioned one, but like '98 and '99, those are just all the Attitude Era stars and all the jabronis from that era that no one remembers, like eight ball. Eight ball. <laughs> yeah, it's really. Honestly, I I think the the 2011 one with Nash. I think that that kickstarted this new era of okay, we have to get we have mm. to get some Fox back. Uh, we have to get like at least five old people back. Some old farts to run in. Yeah. Well, the 2000 the 2011 Rumble had 40 people in it. In fairness. Yeah, and it had it had Nash and it had Booker, um, coming back after like extended runs in TNA. Hmm. Um. So yeah, I, th- I think that began the trend. So I'm, I'm, you know, yeah, I, I'm with you in general, Paul. That I do like the surprises, but there have been tons of great ones without it. I think, I, I think of the thirty people, you need to have at least four or five of them to be returns or debuts. Uh, one, well, even one night return, like a Rey Mysterio, or if it's if it's all just blokes to see every week anyway, kind of, then it doesn't make it as like what's the point in the apprehension of the who's who's it gonna be. Uh, I'd rather have no returns than just the lackluster ones where it's just some bloke. Well, I mean, this year we had Spandex, uh, Rey Mysterio, and the Hurricane were the the returns, and then you had yeah. Adam Cole and uh, Andrade Almas from NXT. I think there are four pretty good surprises. Yeah, I so so. I mean, I think that's kind of why why I would say this is one of the better rumbles in a while. Is um, I thought the action was good. I thought they had some solid storytelling throughout it, and I do think those surprises were the right balance. I mean, All Miss was a good one because they've done some very weird NXT cameos in the past. Like, don't forget Rusev's debut was in a Rumble, and he did absolutely nothing. Yeah, where he um, had the the weird brown jungle man tights on. That was back when he was still yeah doing like a. a, a Neanderthal, <laughs> Bulgarian, Bulgarian savage, or whatever he is, and and like I genuinely can't remember. Seeing I remember, I remember at one point I didn't, I had only seen him a handful of times in NXT. I thought he was rubbish, um, uh, but I remember he did a big pub kick, like a super kick thing. I was like, oh, that's cool, and that's all I remember. He got tossed fairly quick. All this was in there for I think a half hour. Uh, uh, yeah, twenty nine, twenty four, and they and they were putting him in at a uh, you know on, fresh off the best match of. of of in WWE, in, yeah, in off years. his five star um, match, his five star rated match, of course, yeah. So, so that was good. Hurricane just did a comedy spot, but I, I it was fine. You know, I thought it was funny in and out. Um, so yeah, the surprises were all right. The other, the other little bits I enjoyed uh, were I thought the Heat Slater stuff was quite funny. Um, uh, Baron Corbin was like quickly eliminated when he came out beat the shit out of Heath Slater as he was making his entrance and basically the next like four or five heels all kicked Heath Slater on the ramp as they were coming down uh, and then Sheamus picked him up, threw him in the ring and then Sheamus got the old uh, Santino thing where he goes in the ring and is immediately clotheslined back over the top rope by Heath Slater, uh, which was a nice touch. Um, you had Finn Balor and Rusev both getting good runs Rusev was out, you, you have the times there Paul, how long was he in? He was in about another half hour Rusev right? was 30-28 and Balor was 57-38 Balor was the uh, the Iron Man. That was really a really good run. Um, so yeah, the big surprise. I think the biggest surprise, yeah, was Rey Mysterio. Um, I'd kind of forgotten that he has been contractually freed up for a while. He looked great. 
he looked phenomenal. He really, he's like, that was the best shape he's been in. And I actually can't remember when, because he, uh, he was like muscular, but not, but not ridiculously heavy. Like he was in like the mid 2000s. Yeah, no, he was slimmed down. He looked, he looked good. He was slimmed down. He looked great. He was moving around. Great. He was, you know, it was really great. If you like Rey Mysterio, we like, I love Rey Mysterio. I think we all love Rey Mysterio on this podcast. It was great to see him back. Uh, unclear on what his status is. Um, they have not, he's not on any of the advertising for Mania. He worked the five star show, which was a television broadcast. As as goofy as that show was, and as much of a non success as it seems like it was, I still think WWE would not be letting a contracted person do a television broadcast for another company. Mm. Uh, not not their style. Um, so I, I think that might have just been a cameo. But um, yeah, just tons, tons of great little stories throughout. Almost, you know, getting his shine in. Kofi doing his thing. Uh, I think for like the second or third time in their short careers, we had a shield dissension spot um, where Roman tossed out Seth, which made him a big baby face for me because it meant... Seth had to take his shitty tights and go back to the back. <laughs> his fire tights. His, his shitty, oh, what was he wearing? His shitty pound shop wrestling figure. Call him Heat tights. Reject tights. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, terrible. Oh, my goodness. Uh, and so, yeah, at around the eight people mark or six people mark, they did a big standoff where it was... Orton, Ray, and Cena on one side, and Roman, Nakamura, and Finn Balor on the other side, which was a nice touch. But it, I mean, they were—they are all like the same age. Roman's maybe a couple of years younger, yeah. but uh, Nakamura is thirty-seven. Balor's like thirty-six. Um, but that was cool. Someone, someone pointed out uh, on Twitter that you could call this twenty eighteen versus two thousand and eight, and that really did make me realize how fucking long Orton and Cena have been around. Um, like they really are they really th- this is like if in 2009 when Orton won the Rumble and it's a big start it, this is like if Austin and Rock were still in there yeah. uh, as as 40 as 42 year olds you know uh, uh, going face to face with them it's kind of farcical when you think about it uh, but that was a cool thing to do uh, and then they came down to Nakamura and Reigns and lads did, you, did either of you suspect that Reigns might be winning Again in Philadelphia. Um, no, I thought Nakamura was winning. I'd put a bit of money on Nakamura to win. Really? A fiver, yeah. At evens, get? I want a fiver back as well. Oh, you want a fiver? Hey, um, I assumed he would win. And to be fair to WWE, this is actually great booking. They actually put Reigns in the position where it's like, look, we know they don't want him to win. Well, him, uh, him and Cena were like heels, basically. It was the first time that WWE kind of mm. knowingly put people in roles to the benefit of the show as opposed to the detriment of it, where when Rey Mysterio was number 30, famously, and Roman Reigns won with The Rock's help. And, like, they just didn't get the, the casting right, let's say. Whereas here, it was, like, perfectly set up. It was, it was like, since Cena... At One Night Stand 2006, I don't think they've done a better job of kind of tweaking him to suit the audience better than they did here. Mm. It was very, very good. Uh, very, very good. Very yeah, good. The, the, the final stretch was a lot of fun. Um, and and uh, Shinsuke Nakamura won. So that yeah. was good. 
and he uh, they 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 announced ahead of time that the winner of each match would get to pick their their champion uh, that they wanted to face, uh, and so he just got on the mic and said, "Hey." Jay Styles and everyone everyone got very very happy yeah. so that match is happening at Mania there you so, go um, that will probably be great I'd say as well I think this is the best Nakamura's looked in a while um, they definitely made him earn it he was in there 44 38 and did fuck all no I thought he looked good towards the end I thought he uh, well, I thought he just laid in the corner for about 35 minutes yeah, but sure, people do it all the time. Don't care. What well, during the, this was um, I thought it criminally good. overrated Rumble. By the way, I, I didn't enjoy it. So. <sighs> okay, I, I was very. I thought it was very good. Very good. Um, uh, I was kind of in between. I thought. I thought his final stretch with Roman was great, but yeah, I feel like I don't remember him doing anything. Um, anything else? I also I don't like when all the entrants are in and then it basically just turns into a normal match. Um, which is what seems to happen quite frequently with the Rumble. They just start doing a match, and then at some point someone gets thrown over the top. It's, uh, I don't like that at all. Rubbish. Anyway. Uh, so, yeah, there was... Uh, oh, by the way, I'm trying to think of other people who were in this match who were, like, non-entities. Uh, Bray Wyatt uh, in bid in, like, five minutes. Um to my knowledge, what was his time, Paul? Did you have that there? Uh, Bray Wyatt. Where is he? No, 20, Bray, Bray Wyatt was twenty thirty eight. Matt Hardy was oh, in for one seventeen and eliminated oh, yeah, two Hardy people. Was in, was in, was he yeah, he might have yeah. the all time best uh, eliminations to time in the Rumble ratio ever. Um, at, at eliminating one person every forty seconds. Um, oh, but we we, we can't forget to talk about the climactic number thirty, lads. Oh, <laughs> uh, I have never been more confused about what a company and a wrestler like see in each other as like valuable prospects. As we discussed last week on the show, Ziggler obviously you kind of had to suspect he was in this match, and you had to suspect he'd be thirty, given he vacated the title. Ziggler came out at thirty. I think he eliminated someone. He did. He, he eliminated he uh, Goldust. Goldust, and he was in for two minutes and, he, and one second. He was in for two minutes, and then he wasn't on yeah. SmackDown. Oh my God! I have beat this point like a drum since like 2016. I don't know why he's still there, and I don't know why they still have him there. I don't know what either. Why was like, he number thirty? Oh man! Why was he number thirty just to toss him out in two why minutes? Why was he Shawn Michaels as well? What with the gear? Yeah, the Shawn Michaels gear, and he started doing switching music, and he just bumped like Mark. It was, it was just, I don't know what was. It was weird. But he's Even always the hair. Of, he'd grown his hair so, longer as well. He's always, he's always been like Michaels, family. but this was like a complete. You notice when we were discussing the returns and stuff earlier, with no mention of Dolph Ziggler. <laughs> yeah, I, I forgot. I uh, forgot he was uh, in it. <laughs> what a what a goon! What a lasting was. impression. So odd. I don't know why they keep him around. And this was this was almost like a rib on him. Like like have him vacate the title, disappear from TV for a month, put him in at thirty, and then just toss him out like he's nothing, and not have him on TV the next week. Like it's just hilarious. Um, so yeah. It, other than that, it was a really great rumble. Uh, one of the better ones in recent years. So yeah, solid thumbs up on that. 
Uh, any other thoughts on the Rumble before we move on? Nah. Um, Second ever Japanese winner of the Rumble after Yokozuna, of course. Oh. What? Anyway. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Michael Cole said that on television. Well, he is Japanese, mate. Look at the flag. <laughs> Look at his name. What? Nakamura, yes, I know. No, Yokozuna, mate. Look, he's got a little bald fella called Mr. Fuji throwing salt in people's eyes. You saying he's not <laughs> Japanese? Look at oh. his look at his ass. Sumo wrestler. <laughs> anyway, uh, after this, we had the deadest match of all time. Oh, uh, poor lads. Dear Cesaro me. and Sheamus uh, versus Seth Rollins and Jason Jordan. Jason Jordan with a legitimate injury. Uh, it sounds like actually quite a serious injury. He's having neck problems. Um, so the way they did this match was Cesaro at one point threw uh, uh, Jason Jordan into the ring post outside and basically they did like a fake concussion uh, angle where I kind of got the vibe that, you know, given Jordan's character, it might later be revealed that he's like faking it or he's not hurt, you know, something like that. Mm. But whatever, whatever the explanation ends up being, he just sat outside for the majority of the match. Rollins tried his best to kind of get worked over and fire the crowd up, but he came back. But there was just abject silence um, uh, from the crowd. Uh, as, as fun and cutesy as the Jason Jordan uh, quasi-heel turn is, that people do not give a shit about these matches. Um, and especially when it was like basically the second handicap match of the night uh, and coming after like a really great Royal Rumble, they just did not react at all. Um, so the bar won and I, there's not much else I can really say about it no I don't think there's much else to say I think it covered it up pretty I, um, succinctly there I skipped this one because I was short on time so you missed nothing yeah. missed nothing you didn't even miss like a humor it wasn't even like a humorously bad match that they all mm. fucked up it was just bad. <laughs> it was weird that um, they did this match after three of them had been in the Royal Rumble just yeah, previously. that was odd. I didn't like that. It's quite strange. I figured they would have done that match maybe before the Rumble, because then you had the the title match, Lesnar, Strowman, Kane, and then the Women's Royal Rumble. It was weird having the Royal Rumble happen, and then these lads came out again. It was it was just kind of backwards. Um, well, Paul, it represents progress. They put men in a death spot. <laughs> it's like an indie show where they're short of guys, so they have. Have them work a tag match and the battle royal at the end. They have Justy come out at the end again. Why did, wasn't <laughs> it, none of the other tag guy in the t- other tag match? None of them were in the rumble, were they? So why didn't they just switch them? That made more sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hmm? actually, I kind of get that. Anyway, picking up pointless. They had yeah, Braun Strowman and Kane challenged Brock Lesnar for uh, the Universal Championship. Uh, this is the best match on the show because at one point, Braun Strowman just need Brock in the head and Brock stood up. Oh, that, was the oh, that, was was best, that was the best spot of 2018 so far. <laughs> or 2019. I have watched the GIF maybe a thousand <laughs> times. I do like how, how underplayed, though, the first uppercut Lesnar gave him was. Because Lesnar hit him with an uppercut and then a, re- a right straight. 
he like keeled him over like, with a gut punch first. Because <laughs> if you watch if you watch the punch to the head, like Braun's like bent over. It's because Lesnar punched mm. him in the ribs before he got up. <laughs> Those two just do not seem to gel at all. It's like they're either having a profoundly boring match, like like the pay per view match, or the two times they they face each other at the Royal Rumble, they end up leathering the shite out of each other in a way that does not look intentional. Um, or does not look like cooperative. Um, <laughs> other than that, this was kind of like your, you know. They could. By the, by the way, they could. They could not show slow mo replays quick enough of those <laughs> knee and punch. Well, good. I mean, it was the best part of the match. So, which that's which good. says to me even more so than anything that they were not. <laughs> they were not organized in advance. You know, like, when have you seen a replay of a lad kneeing another lad and then a punch? So, uh, yeah, that's actually a good point. Yeah, like, that's that type of stuff does not get replayed unless they unless they obviously <laughs> were caught off guard by it. But, um... Kudos the, uh, to uh, both of them not being KO'd, by the way. <laughs> uh, Brock, I, I, well... From from the replay, the the knee that Braun threw was actually not that bad. So uh, Brock, I'm sure, was fine. But Braun, I don't know how he stayed on his feet after that punch. That was yeah, uh, Jesus. Um, this was all right. This was kind of a a by the numbers, quote unquote, crazy brawl. You know, it's kind of like we've seen mm-hmm. Braun and Brock have this same style of match with other people, except way better. Um, wearing a wearing a bit thin. I think uh, on mm. me. I, I still thought it was all right. You know, they threw some shit around. They took bumps on tables. They hit each other with gimmicks. It was, it was, it was, it was an all right time killer uh, uh, before the main event. And obviously, Cade was there to take the fall. Um, I thought it was good fun. It was all right for us. It was all right. It was all right. Um, yeah, nothing, nothing to write home about. Um, and that brought us to the main event. You had uh, Charlotte and Alexa Bliss out there at ringside uh, to observe. You had uh, Stephanie on commentary. Um, Stephanie uh, was very much like her father in the 90s with her uh, like one fact for each wrestler <laughs> and uh, her oh my, yeah. you know, my goodness at every move and uh, just awkwardly not gelling at all with her co-broadcasters who are obviously very cognizant of the fact that, that she's their boss. She might as well um, have been in a soundproof booth, to be honest. Uh, yes, yeah, there was no no gelling. Um, so yeah, this match I thought was generally very good. I would have, I, again, I would have put this uh, up there among the better of, of like the men's rumbles in the last few years. Uh, I don't think it was an all-timer. Um, I think it was very successful at what it was supposed to be. Um, uh, so you started with Sasha at number one and Becky at number two. Uh, you have to imagine that was what they were going to do. Uh, you know, put their put their two kind of you know um, standards. Yeah, that's probably a better term, less cringy term. Um, <laughs> and uh, I tell you what. I tell you what was a low point of this match was any time the Riot Squad or Absolution music uh, hit and the crowd just went to sleep. Mm. Uh, those two stables are not over at all, especially the Riot Squad. Oh my god! Um, so yeah, that and they and they got five entrances apiece. So oh god, uh, yeah. 
So that was uh, tough. Uh, other than that, I thought it was pretty good. Uh, they this one felt like it was more stacked with surprises. Um, it yeah. felt like they, they obviously they brought back a lot of older names, and they had two NXT surprises, um, uh, which was which was interesting. Uh, lots of cool little moments in there. You had Sasha throwing out Bailey, um, mm. which seemed to indicate maybe this is this is the point. Sasha's going full heel. Um, one day she faced Oscar. It, it that didn't look explicitly like like she was a heel, but I, it seems like that's they're they're leaning more into it now. Um, uh, what else did we have? There was a uh, uh, the two NXT columns mentioned were Ember Moon and Kyrie Zane. Uh, uh, I like Kyrie Zane a lot. She got to do her elbow. Um, she did, yeah. yeah. And the walk of the plank. Yeah, the walk of the plank's a bit goofy. Um, no, it's brilliant. Okay. She didn't, she didn't have her steering wheel with her, though. That was the only disappointment. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it, maybe that's why, instead of calling her a pirate, uh, Michael Cole called her a yacht person. <laughs> um, so that was something else. Uh, what else did we have here? The cameos. We had Jacqueline. Who I don't think did anything. Yeah. Uh, Michelle McCool, who got the most eliminations of anyone else in the in the match. Uh, she was pretty good. Um, she's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, considering she's been gone for quite a while now. Yeah, and it's, it's she kind of retired in un, you know very unceremoniously. Uh, I think because mm. wasn't the story time that she like depressingly was like basically had to be like her husband's carer. Okay. I mean, maybe that that was, you know, obviously they have a family as well. It's not just him. Um, but, yeah, um, she looked like she could. Go- one of the one of the things I liked about this match was that it looked like some of the some of the older folks, uh, her in particular, looked like she could come back and just be a part of the roster uh, without. Yeah. Reservation. Um, the other one was Trish, who um, was number 30. Uh Again, just look great in tremendous shape. Like her and Mickey James were like exchanging elbows. I was like, God, these are the best strikes anyone in this mm. division throws. Um, there were lots of little moments. Like sometimes in the men's rumble, they'll do little face-offs. Like I always remember Cena and Orton had one a couple of years ago that like no one reacted to. Yeah, uh, this match had had a couple of those moments where the crowd actually did get into them. Uh, yeah, that's one thing I did like about it. It did have a lot of those kind of classic rumble spots in it. And it felt fresh because it was women. So they had the two monsters squaring off in the shape of Beth Phoenix and Nia Jax. Um, they had everyone ganging up on the big girl <laughs> to throw her out in, again, yeah. Nia Jax. Um, yeah, and you had a lot of the kind of the return, the nostalgic returns kind of were more special because you don't see the women returning that often. Mm. Um, so that was really cool as well. Yeah, uh, I like the. Trish and Mickey um, spot as well. That's cool. Yeah, um, yeah, that, and the crowd reacted like, yeah, they, uh, the Beth and Nia one was good. Beth was another person who, again, looked like she could totally fit in. Um, I forgot until they mentioned it that she's a Hall of Famer as well, which is kind of hilarious. I like Beth Phoenix, but it's kind of hilarious. Um, uh, they had a, a Trish and Sasha stare down, which was pretty cool. Um, like Trish did, like her pose and stuff, and I was just like, "Oh, God, they should she should come back for a Mania program. They should, you know, 
She should be doing the Undertaker thing of coming back and just wrestling one of the women once a year. Why not? Um, yeah. That was great. Less, uh, less impressive. Um, well, impressive in one way and not in another. Tori Wilson came out. She looked very impressive. She, oh, yeah. I think she looked better than she did in 2002, uh, oh, which yeah, is really saying ass. something. She looked incredible. I don't think she did anything in the match. I don't think she, good or bad, she just kind of came in. Uh, Kelly Kelly came back. Um, it really kind of showed me how much the crowd kind of wanted this to be a success because I was surprised when they like politely cheered for Kelly Kelly instead of like remembering how horrendous she was and like booing her. <laughs> yeah. um, she ran the ropes once more for all time's sake. <laughs> um, and also once more for all time's sake, she did a really horrendous head scissors that Michelle McCool had to save her life on. Um uh, you know, again, just just harkening back to the good old days. Um, uh, had an Oscar Ember Moon stare down again, which is great. Ember Moon, of course, punked out by Oscar again, um, uh, mm. which is good. I just, that's a continuation of that story. So yeah, all this good stuff. Lots of little moments. The action was not quite um, on the level of the men's match, but I thought they had you know all the all the little stare downs and and little moments we mentioned. I think they had, I think they had some more of them relative to the men. Um, and again, yeah. I think it, it felt for for all the overbearing pushing of it as historic, which they do, and which is obviously sometimes a little annoying. It did feel like a cool special match. Had Vicky in there getting her cameo and uh, mm. and all this other stuff. I thought it was booked a lot better. In the men's in terms of just concealing their kind of the weaknesses and the fact that it's the rumble means you don't have that same kind of focus on on you know certain spots that can go wrong a lot of it's you know fairly basic stuff trying to throw people over ropes or punches and kicks you know it's not as much can go wrong in this kind of match um what i really liked about it as well which kind of harked back to old school rumbles was that everyone was in it you had basically the entire roster plus all the extra women in there. So you didn't have the problem with the men's rumble where you kind of telegraph what's going to happen because, you know, John Cena's in the world title match. He's not winning it. So we kind of figure out who's going to win it. And you, the whole rumble kind of ends up being structured around, you know, who's going to WrestleMania. Whereas with this, cause everyone's in it, it's, it's a bit more open and you can kind of book it very differently. So I like that a lot. Okay, what they do next year, um, <laughs> it's kind of hard to imagine because they can't just do this again, really. Um, mm. So we'll have, to, we'll have to see. It's, yeah. I wonder if, I hope they realize this. Maybe in the next um, year, they need to kind of have more women's segments on the show and deepen that roster a little bit. Um, yeah. Because I think the official count was they had announced ahead of time they had 17 full-time women mm. um they really don't have a whole lot to pull from in terms like alicia fox was injured unfortunately that was that was really unlucky for her um but like, other than that pretty much everyone they have was in this match and obviously there'll be some nxt call-ups but also there'll be some you know there'll be some more people injured there'll be some different champions uh, and, yeah. and there's not always going to be like twelve women you can call on. You know, I, this this was really successful, but uh, they, I think they're they're going to have to make sure they build up a, a deeper roster for next year if they want to do it again. And they should do it again. Yeah. It should be a yearly thing. 
and it means they've, they've used up all the the big returns as well. So yeah, who else could they yeah. bring back? Maybe Sable. I don't know if she fancies getting in there. Yeah, God, or... I can't imagine. I cannot imagine what she would be like in the ring. <laughs> Sonny. Oh, Sonny, yeah, get Sonny back. God. Um, Lida, we forgot to mention Lida was in this, by the way. Absolutely oh, terrifying moonsault. Um, oh, she nearly landed on her head, yeah. I mean, for, uh, uh, a woman who... Yeah. Yeah, with, with, who's had a lot of troubling neck problems. I mean, that was fucking terrifying, that spot. Um, I think uh, Lida generally didn't look very good. No, she didn't, to be honest. I mean, the crowd reacted to her well, and at the end of the day, she she did survive the moonsault, and she... You know, Apparently, she, she was bit. only in for six minutes. It felt like she was in for much longer. It felt like she was in for a while, yeah. Tossed out by Becky, I believe. Yeah. Um, Becky had a solid run, but Sasha obviously was the Iron Woman. Uh, just shy of an hour, I believe. Yeah, she fi- was. 54-46. Yeah. So, it's, again, it's great that she had that. Poor, I thought she was generally very good. And I thought some people were, like, nitpicking her performance. Like, you know, the, you know, oh, on the floor here or there. It's like, yeah, she's in there for a fucking hour. What do you want? Like, you know. It's, well, that's, that's what I just said about the man's rule. Well, you're dumb. Um, what do you mean? You're just using the same... <laughs> I'm I'm messing up. No, but they, everyone does that. Everyone. Well, what I feel always... about what I feel about this rumble, though, what I, I didn't like about it, and I'm I was a little bit less Sexist. high in it. He- no, no, I love I love my <laughs> ladies. Um, how could I hate women? I mean, mom is one. Um, that's, that's right. I felt like there was a lot of number one, obviously, too many callbacks. So there was the twelve surprises, which I think was lessened a little bit by most of them being on Raw the week before. On the Raw 25, they brought out all the women. So Kelly Kelly was on it. Tori Wilson was on it. So I was like, oh, there's them again. Clearly, they just told them, hey, stick around the week and you can be in the Royal Rumble. Um, I think the quality of the wrestling wasn't quite as good. There's some, like you mentioned, the head scissors already. There's some quite hilarious wrestling in here. Um, And also, not only did they do the whole... You know, people being down for large amounts of time. I felt like most of the time there was people like just lying outside the ring. Like there was, there would only be like two people in the ring any one time. Um, as opposed to them being kind of contained in the ring, they're all like, at, let's say it's six people out at one time. Four of them would be lying on the outside, and I felt like it kind of, you know, when you watch like a triple threat match or a four way match, they do a lot of that where they'll just really have two people fighting at once, and the other ones will kind of be on the outside. Lots of that in this match. Um, so it never felt like... One thing I like about the Royal Rumble is where you do get like a good like 10 or 12 people in the ring at once. And it just kind of feels, has that chaotic feel to it. This kind of didn't have that. Um, and generally a lot of the people were in just kind of very quickly. In and out, in and out, in and out. I quite like the Vicky Guerrero spot. thought she was very funny, as she always has been. Yeah. Um... And yeah, as you guys said, like, where do they go from here next year? Because they've kind of done all of those surprises. I, I think they, they will rely a lot more on NXT next year. I'm surprised that there wasn't um, more people from NXT or um, from the May Young Classic kind of mm. put, put in there. Like, a lot of it was relying on the kind of the stars of yesteryear, the Molly Hollies of the world and the the Michelle McCools. No Layla for Barry, unfortunately. No, unfortunately. Um, and to give so, you some perspective, then. Ronda and Shayna. Make sure. 
we had of the 30 women, okay, 14 of them didn't have a single elimination. <gasps> so, a little bit weird uh, how it kind of stacked up. Just a lot of like zeros. Um, Hmm. Although, although uh, to be fair, in the men's one, also fourteen. So I don't know what point I'm making oh. there. But uh, <laughs> Carmel, for example, was in for eighteen uh, minutes forty-five. Didn't have a single elimination. <laughs> that might be one of the worst all-time records. Maybe, yeah. Um, and I don't recall her doing anything. I did think I did think it was generally fun, though. It was good to see people like Trish back having like a proper match and. Yeah. And and Trish was a great number thirty because people were chanting for Rousey. Um, and Trish looked Trish better. looked really great in the ring. I must say, for someone who hasn't done it in yeah. a decade, she didn't. So that, she didn't miss I'm a beat. Like she should be. I would not be opposed to her coming back once the blue moon to put over a youngster. I think she'd do great at that. Yeah. Um, some of them as yeah, well. Like so. <laughs> some of the surprise, like Jacqueline. Do we really need to see Jacqueline again? Well, so I I think. Kind of part of this was kind of like a. Uh, I, every rumble has nostalgia, but this was kind of like tipping the cap to a lot of the important eras, and mm. and it's as terrible as Kelly Kelly is. Just as an example, I thought it was kind of nice that she was in there because she was in. While she herself was bad, she was also in the company at a time when their attitude towards the women was just the absolute fucking worst. Yeah. Um, and so I liked her getting in and getting her moment because obviously your Sashas and your Beckys deserve their, their main events and their ladder matches and their titles and their WrestleMania matches. But I think it's nice that the older generation who got shat on got their moment and I'd include Jacqueline in that obviously Jacqueline is a bit more respected because she did some cool shit but she was still I mean look she was there 99 98 just the absolute dregs you know <laughs> absolutely no um so, so, no Layla no no um, Layla, no, no Candace Michelle next year next year next year <laughs> yeah I think I think they might legitimately be like all right you know Katie Lee, Katie Lee Burchill next year Maxine Caitlin. Uh, uh, give AJ Lee a call. See how that that that's going. <laughs> that one, um, Amy Zidane, who didn't know who Stephanie McMahon was. <laughs> that one time. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Rosa Mendes, get uh, her back. Uh, oh Jesus God! No, Eve I mean, Torres I, actually. That's someone. Eve Torres would be a good one. Yeah, doing her yeah, jiu-jitsu these sorry, days. Just, yeah, she um. I, I saw a video of her recently, like showing people how to choke people out with like seatbelts. If you're kidnapped in the back of the car, and I was like, Jesus <laughs> Christ! Put put her in the men's rumble. She fuck everyone up. <laughs> she probably um, would, to be fair. Um, L- yeah. like she did Zack Ryder's career that one time. <laughs> uh, yeah, I did not, Although I'm critical, although I'm critical, I did think the women's rumble was very good and very enjoyable. It was, it, very, very enjoyable. It was, I mean, God, we haven't had a good rumble in years, and we got two on this show, you know. I know. So that, um, uh, and so, yeah, but just, you know, obviously then uh, the Bellas were in there, and the final three were the Bellas and Asuka, which, again, you know, a little bit of a kind of a symbolic transitioning of the of the eras. Um, you know, Asuka, uh, you know, surpassing both the Bellas, who were kind of stars during the, the, the lesser years. And they... 
to be fair to them, they also transitioned fairly well, or at least Nikki did, into the, the newer era. One thing we forgot yeah. to say about the men's rumble, by the way, was that um, Ty Dillinger was 10 again. But then he got beat up by Sami Zayn, and he wasn't in it. What, yeah, what was the point of that? I was going to say, when, when his music hit, I was like, oh, wow, Ty Dillinger has you know, <laughs> spun his wheels in place for a whole year. That's sad. And then I was like, no, actually, he's gone backwards because he was at number 10 and he didn't even get in the match. <laughs> so he's actually fallen. Um, but that Sami Zayn uh, getting in the Rumble was another kind of Dolph Ziggler situation where it didn't lead anywhere and kind of wasn't memorable for any reason. So why did they even do it in the first place? Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Again, just to make make him more of a whiny heel who complains about losing justifiably. But um, see, I, d- anyway. no, I didn't watch SmackDown. In fairness, this week for the first time in a year and a half, I didn't watch SmackDown. Um, just enough time for it. So I don't know if there was any follow up on that, but uh, I don't think there was. I, I don't think I read anything about it. So I think it wasn't even followed up on or mentioned on SmackDown. But anyway. Uh, and uh, so Oscar won, and then the worst part of the whole pay per view happened, where yeah, a, a fan wandered in, um, and with no charisma whatsoever, pointed for wearing 10 a minutes. comically oversized leather jacket. Well, it was Roddy Piper's jacket, is what it was. I, I guess that, but it looks stupid. That's, looks that, stupid. that's what Natty said when I showed her the clip. Why is their jacket so big? I said, I don't know. I think that's just their style. Then I read was read the part later. Um, this was really bad. I don't think any of us have any <laughs> reservations about Rousey in general. I I don't I don't buy into any of this oh, stealing a spot nonsense. Give me a break. She's a big star. Get mm. over it. It it elevates the division. Um, I think it does. You know. Yeah. Uh, and plus, it's like I saw people complain about. It. Oh, she stole Asuka's moment. It's like yeah, they're building a match. Shut up. It's like, it's you know, I, it's a good a good comparison I heard someone made. It's like no one complained when like Kevin Owens laid out Sami Zayn five minutes after he won the title, you know, after chasing it for two years, mm. because they all knew it was building a match. But for some reason, people are just super delicate. I think uh, I think about when people complained that Ellsworth won the Money in the Bank for Carmella, I think that was a justifiable complaint. Uh, but here, Oscar just like won the match. The match will always exist, you know. Yeah, and I, I, I was actually very curious if they'd put a man in the match. I I thought Ellsworth, I thought Santina, but uh, they didn't. Yeah, uh, but I think our our concern here is more her performance. Mm. Oh, well, she was very yeah, smiling. What a goof. She, she came out looking like an NXT girl who just got the call. Um, the, the big smile, the wow, I'm really here. The jacket, which was just... Again, it's a cool thing if you know what the story is, but I don't even think they said it on commentary. I think it, I read about it like online after the fact, and the, the live crowd didn't know. Um, she came out, and I mean, I mean, Paul, you watch more UFC than I do, but I think everyone kind of wanted the mean mugging Ronda Rousey getting in everyone's face. Yeah. yeah. Um. Uh. I mean, when I mean, so the one the one good thing about this, she comes out and in the most robotic WWE performance center fucking thing, she comes out, stands on spot, turns to the hard cam and points at the WrestleMania sign. And I was oh, just it like, wasn't even oh. a good point. 
No, it she was one of the worst points ever. She turned oh. away from all the people that she was supposed to be kind of engaging with, with Charlotte, Alexa Bliss, and Oscar. She turned facing away from them, kind of like how wrestlers watch TVs on Raw and SmackDown, and pointed at the sign. And then she went to shake Oscar's hand, and Oscar slapped her hand away. And why didn't she, like, get in Asuka's face when she did that? I couldn't believe it. Asuka, who, for all intents and purposes, can't really speak English, had a hundred times the charisma of Ronda Rousey in this one two-minute segment. Absolutely. That was was my one... That was Yeah, that was the one saving grace, was it? She slapped it away, and she looked like a star, and she looked like a badass. And Rousey... uh, Again, just like any other WWE woman, just kind of struggling. <laughs> I don't know. Interesting. Uh, and then, <laughs> and then went went outside and fucking shook Stephanie's hand. Um, the whole reason Stephanie was which, there, presumably, was for that. Yeah, which made absolutely no sense. So first of all, like forgetting uh, their WrestleMania thing, where like Ronda tried to rip her arm off. Uh, second of all, putting the spotlight on Stephanie. Third of all fuck you Stephanie I had a fiver on you to be number 30 so thanks for nothing um, <laughs> it's weird because um, yeah you'd expect again that she'd give Stephanie the hand but then like you know pull her in and mean mug at her mm. but instead she gave her uh, like an AJ Lee smile and skipped away slapping high yeah. fives and then she pointed think, the sign I again think, yeah I oh yeah she did that again that was that was great um this yeah, this yeah. did not fill me with any confidence at all about where they're going. I mean, I want Rousey to basically be like female Brock. I want her doing the UFC style video packages, talking about how she's real and she's serious and she's not, you know, just doing bullshit like everyone else. And I, like I said, I got the impression that she'll be like just another NXT girl whose gimmick is I'm famous. Um, yeah, she'll be it's, she'll be it's, Sasha Banks. It's, very, it's boss time. It's, it's Ronda time. It's oh, it's rowdy time or some shit like that. Yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, it's it's hard to tell because she was not on Raw. Um, the terminology being used in some of the stories about her was that she signed full time, but that could just mean, hey, I'm not fighting. I do not take that to mean she's working house shows. I do well, not take she's that not that fighting for goddamn sure. Mm-hmm. She got killed her last night. Yeah, she's definitely, I mean, she's 100% signed to them. It's not a part-time thing. It's not a, I'm doing WrestleMania and leaving. She is She is a WWE superstar. But, I mean, she's obviously, you know, in high demand. Even even as much of a jabron as she is in MMA, she's still a star. So I don't imagine she came cheap, and I don't imagine she's fucking working uh, uh, Largo uh, at the NXT fucking um, uh, loop. Although, to be fair, she probably should work a couple of those shows. I mean, she has been training, and I don't doubt that she will continue to train. But hmm. I'm thinking, I'm thinking Goldberg in '03, where she probably just does TV and pay per views, and maybe trains on the off days. But I don't think she's doing house shows. But this, this is all guesswork. This is all guesswork. I'm, I'm thinking Brock Lesnar 2018. She really? <laughs> yeah, not even every pay per view. Yeah, I'd go. I'd go along with that. I think that's probably. I, I would I wouldn't hate that. Um, I think I think there is potential for a lot of resentment among fans. I mean, I think you if know. you use it too often as well, the the whole r- special Rousey effect will wear off even more quickly. Especially yeah. if she's not a 
good wrestler, <laughs> or yeah. it seems anyway. Yeah. Well, she wrong. she has the charisma of a brick. Um, yeah. yeah. And it's also it's just it's a very specific skill set to be able to read like the stupid WWE lines they give you. Um. Because even very charismatic people can come off awful doing that mm, shit. That's true. Um, uh, it's it's super weird. <laughs> it is it's super fucking weird. And and there's not a lot of answers yet. Um, she is still filming that movie that she you know obviously tricked everyone to thinking she was on set on Sunday, even though that wasn't true. She is still actually in the process of filming it, so she will not mm. be around. Um, kind of reminded me of when um, King Mo debuted in TNA. And he was this charis- supposed to be this charismatic MMA guy, and he came out in like the crown and all that, and looked like a complete jabron. And it was like, oh dear, doesn't translate, does it, from from sports to? <laughs> when Tito Ortiz was August first warning. Doing, that one yeah, time. doing a face, and it, it yeah it doesn't. He work. came out and smiled and crossed his arms, and then didn't mm-hmm. rampage him with a hammer or something <laughs> one week, and then yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, the good old days. Sometimes uh, MMA to WWE doesn't, or to wrestling, does not exactly uh, work. Mm. Uh, and clearly, WWE to UFC does exactly work. Anyway, hmm. Hmm. so um, yeah, that's a developing story to say the least. Um, so I guess we can uh, uh, pretty much call it there. I mean, obviously there was uh, a Raw and SmackDown. Um, I don't know that they were necessarily worth talking about. There was. Did I? Did either of you watch the uh, Oscar Sasha Banks match? No. Uh, it so. it was it was very good. It was very good. Um, Joe, you had a 2017 catch up. Do you want to talk us through that before we go? Uh, yeah, I just watched a few matches today. Um, kind of the matches I've been hearing about last year. So I watched the third Tyler Bate Pete Dunn match from NXT. Yeah. Oh yes. Um I thought it was it was very good, but not on the same level as the first two. Mm. Um so a good match, but probably more like a good T V match. They they tried to make it very epic, but I just wasn't quite feeling it for, for whatever reason, uh, compared to the other two. But, but it was very good. Um I also watched uh, today, Brock Lesnar, AJ Styles um, from Survivor Series, which was a very enjoyable match. Yes. Um, again, not like one of the matches of the year or anything, but very, very good. Uh, I watched Usos versus New Day from Hell in a Cell as well, which was another uh, very enjoyable match. Um, so I'll probably there's probably a few more matches I need to catch up on, but yeah, I've seen I think now a lot of the, the best matches from last year. Um, I also for the first time watched uh, 205 Live. Oh um, really? Yeah, with the debut of um, Drake Maverick. Mm. Oh yeah. Uh, oh, we didn't talk about that. Yeah. Yeah, it was actually quite an enjoyable show to be honest because a lot of the backstage segments with him were very good. Uh, his promo was was quite good. It was uh, very loud, which is good. Um, he was he was very uh, he's pretty good at delivering the WWE lines uh, Spud like he's very animated um, and very loud he reminded me of a uh, of Vince in many ways I think he could hmm. be next the next Vince McMahon <laughs> just in there everything he does is very kind of over the top and and you know sort of silly uh, in that classic Vince way 
Um, but yeah, that was good, and the wrestling was was pretty good as well. So yeah, it wasn't actually a bad show. Zero five live. Um, I watched from two weeks ago, I think it was uh, Cedric Alexander versus Mustafa Ali. Mm. Um, God, that match was great, and I, you know, that was I can't remember if it was the first or second week of the mixed match challenge, but it was it was after that. So that 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 crowd had seen SmackDown and the mixed match challenge, and they still got into that match. So two hundred five, you know, it has some stuff on it that's that's pretty decent. They have a lot of talented folks, but yeah. it's just it's such a death spot. It's hard to uh, it's hard to get into it. Um, tell you what, Joe, if you're looking for more twenty seventeen matches, I I don't know the date, but look it up if you can. Uh, Drew McIntyre versus Oni Lorcan from NXT oh. TV. Yeah. Oh, that was a fucking banger of a match. It was a, it's a great sprint. It's like six minutes long. It's mm, awesome. Mm. Um, so yeah, but uh, that's good. Uh, glad you're enjoying that. Seeing that Usos match, that would have been one I would recommend it. That hell yeah. of a sell. Um, anyway, uh, so we're gonna call it here. We could we could go into some other news and some TV stuff, but obviously me and Paul have to do an OTT review momentarily. So we're gonna call this show here. Uh, thank you very much for listening, folks. We'll be back next week with more news, reviews, guffs, uh, maybe a follow-up on the Rousey thing. Again, that that's, you know, the specifics of what she's doing, we're, we're waiting to hear. So so we'll follow up there. Uh, and, yeah, so chairshoppodcast.com, at chairshoppod for more info. And uh, if you want to hear an OTT review, can, keep your eyes locked on this feed. Uh, it'll, it'll be here. Uh, so until next week, it's goodbye from me, Barry Murphy. It's goodbye from Joe Towner. Goodbye. And it's goodbye, Mr. Paul Griffin. Goodbye.